Pada acknowledges the custodians and elders past and present of the lands on which we work, practice, rehearse, perform and present across Australia. We pay respect to the cultural authority and traditions of the land. The First Peoples of this nation express their culture through music, dance and storytelling and it is a privilege to continue a tradition of storytelling and performance in this country. We acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn and work. Hello everyone and welcome to the Australian Performing Arts Teachers Association APADA podcast. We are so excited to have our APADA members chatting today. Uh, This episode is hosted by APADA ambassador Angela Lowe. Angela is the managing producer for Camerata, Queensland's chamber orchestra, and Angela is in conversation with Eva Sparta from Sydney Catholic Schools. Eva works with a dynamic team in strategic direction and implementation for creative and performing arts across the 150 schools in the Sydney Catholic Schools network. Overcoming the challenges like we all did of 2020 and 2021, Sydney Catholic School was able to enact a number of firsts last year, including the Sydney Catholic Schools at Stedford, uh, the rolling out of the ambitious Amadeus music program. And this year is the massive School of Rock Arena Spectacular, featuring 4,000 school student participants, which is going to be huge, um, along with these incredible educational innovations. Eva herself is a performer in her own right. Uh, She's also a director, producer and musical director. And we get to hear about Eva's experiences growing up, her journey through performing arts, her mentors and her hopes for the future of performing arts education in Australia. So please enjoy this chat between our PADA members, Angela Lowe and Eva Sparta, celebrating performing arts education. Eva. Thanks Angela for having me today. Well we've got so much to cover today. We're so um, delighted to be able to speak to you about your extensive experience not only on stage, behind the scenes and in education but let's just dive right in I think and um, we I always love to know when I'm speaking to people who have carved out an amazing career in the performing arts and have seen performing arts education take them to all kinds of interesting places. How did it all start for you? Like, where did you grow up and where did you go to school? So I grew up in Western Sydney. So um, I grew up in Guildford. It's kind of near Parramatta. And, um, yeah, I had a, I had a, a lovely childhood and upbringing and uh, went to school at St Patrick's Primary School in Guildford and then went on to Serdon College at Marylands where a lot of my performing arts started to develop my my skills and my training and my experiences. So, um, yeah, I think, and also just with my home life, I think my, well, my father is a a drummer, has always been a drummer. 
um, amongst other things. But um, yeah, so my earliest experiences in in um, the performing arts started at a very young age, and yeah, that's and so were you drawn to a particular area of the performing arts for you? Was it music initially? Is that what um, first caught your eye, if you like? Well, those who know me would be surprised by this, but my very, very first performing arts experience was as a little ballet dancer from the age of three. I'm Lovely. not very good at dancing anymore, but I do appreciate it. I um I used to go to my ballet lessons every Saturday with my mum and my grandmother, and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience. I did that for a, a few years, did the concerts and did all of those things, did a bit of tap, um, nice. did a bit of jazz. Um, so I did all of that and then went on to... Um, Johnny Young Talent School later on in my in my primary school years and uh, and did some more dancing but then I I took a class I took a um, a singing class and the teacher pulled my mum aside and said your daughter can sing and so that's kind of how the singing started so that I would have been about oh, by the time that happened maybe eleven or twelve and uh, yeah it, it's it's you know, I sort of went down that pathway. I went down the singing pathway from that point. And I sort of then went, look, I'm not a great dancer. I think I'm going to move on to the singing. And yeah, my music, the passion for music started from about then. And I think that would have been when I started to move into year seven. Um, and that was when that journey started. And then of course, um, the opportunities at, at Cerdon where, where I was at school, we did a musical every year. So, um, I think by year eight, I'd auditioned and gotten a lead role in the Mikado. <laughs> so uh, that was my very first musical. And, yeah, so I just had some amazing experiences through school and just uh, really enjoyed doing the musicals every single year. I did elective music. Um, in those days, you could do elective music from year eight. So I started that from year eight, had amazing teachers and went through, did the musicals every year, did every single performance that, became available to us and we had a lot we were given a lot of experiences and a lot of opportunities there and so I continued all of that I also did some other lessons I um my parents were so supportive we did our, my sister and I my sister is also a singer she's an opera singer so we both did singing lessons from all of that time we did weekly lessons and I also did some piano and guitar lessons and um just continued all of that but singing became my main love so yeah, so I just I sort of worked on um, those skills and and had some amazing opportunities that were given to me. So that's where the love started, I think, definitely in high school. Um, yeah, and I found my passion in through my voice. It's amazing, isn't it? That that teacher, that very important person who identified that that skill and that fire in you and spoke to your um, mother about that for the first time and said, this girl can sing. Um, that's what's so wonderful about um, our teachers in, in all of our schools and um, that they're there and they can they can identify that in, in, um, in children and just provide them with an amazing future. It's, it's um, such a wonderful thing. So you, um, from from quite a young age, I, I assume you've, you've had some access to some great teachers, some great opportunities. Is there any particular mentor that you linked with at quite a young age or was that something that came for you you later? Um, uh, how, how, is that, how has that worked for you? 
I think in um, there were a few teachers that I worked with through my um, high school years. So firstly, my my private singing teacher, her name was Heather Kane, and she actually was a country singer. But what I loved about her, and this is what has stuck with me, um, she used to work with us on um, interpretation of the lyrics and making a song your own. And I think, um, and even though her specialty was country, I didn't sing country music. I sang jazz and I sang musical theatre and popular music back then. And so, um, but what I learned from her was how to deconstruct the song, how to make it mean something, how to um, change the phrasing and do all sorts of um, different interpretations of songs. Um, and so that was just amazing. I, I had another um, teacher, Karen Grant, who then taught me how to perform. So um, I started really young um, I think I was about 15 when I did my first floor show in a club and I was on my own and I had to speak to adults. I had to um, brief a band um, on how to, uh, how to deliver my music. So in that way, I had to understand the charts. I had to know how to um, thread a show together and what to say in between. I always used to get nervous about speaking in between songs. I used to think, well, why do they want to listen to me speak? But she taught me how to, um, you know, thread the songs together and to tell a story through a show. So that gave me a lot of confidence back then, um, you know, especially when you're, you are instructing adults on how, on how to play your music. So I, I found that that was really um, uh, another influential teacher. But definitely at school, um, I had Aronva Hayden, who was my teacher all the way through school. She was my music teacher. Um, and what I loved about her was just the opportunities she gave us. So she, she never said no. If something came through and she'd sort of say, oh, are you interested in this? Would you like to go and perform there? Would you like to represent our school here? Or would you like to, um, or she would create opportunities at the school for us to perform for all of my, all of the students to perform. So I'm, um, I really, you know, admired her for that. And Sue Elliott, who was just this incredible singer and she was a mezzo-soprano and she was a, um, a prodigy on the piano. I couldn't, she, I was in awe of her. And I think she taught me music extension and, um, and she also ran the choir. So I couldn't believe that she would say, oh, you know, that symphony, um, that movement from that symphony, and she'd just jump on the piano and just play it and sing the melody line and I would just watch her and say wow you could just you could just play anything and I just thought she was the most amazing woman in the world so um yeah so I think uh, I think back then just all of those teachers they just really influenced myself as a not just a singer but as a music teacher and a musician and a performer just all round so I've had that kind of diverse range of people who kind of influenced me but in different ways and for different reasons um, but I'm so lucky I think I've, I was just really lucky to have those women to um, just influence me in that way. Yes I mean lucky but obviously you're clearly incredibly talented and not uh, uh, you've never obviously wanted to put yourself in a certain box you're a performer um, obviously uh, an educator uh, but also what's really interesting to me a producer and a director as well 
what is your first do you have a first love or do you just love it all do you love being behind the scenes creating on stage if you if you had to make a choice could you possibly to be honest I I don't know if I could put myself in one box I think um I when I sing um, I feel that's a very personal uh, creative experience and you can't match that with anything. Um, even when I produce or if I'm a musical director or I'm directing and um, I watch the students up on the stage and they're performing and it makes me so proud and so happy. Um, and to see the vision come to life, that also makes me happy. Um, but I think the actual singing would be um, the first love, like my first love. I think that's definitely there but I feel that that love then influences me in the way I direct and the way I guide others to to um to do their best on the stage so um and that also influences the kind of experiences I create or offer for students um so yeah I guess you could say that the the singing is definitely the first uh the first love but everything else comes a very close second because um it's all influence it all influences each other um but yeah i definitely seeing seeing people perform on stage something that i've had an influence on um is such an amazing experience to just um, watch things come watch the performance come to life yeah but in my in my personal yeah with my um own singing and my fusion vocal group that i work with um my sister and i are in a partnership with that group and i um work on producing that as well um, I love to do both. So I sometimes I'll perform and sometimes I will um, produce. So I get a bit of a balance and I, like I really enjoy that because you, you get to do all sorts of things. Um, and that also helps me to balance my work, my full-time work with um, the, the creative projects that I do on the side. So for example, um, with Fusion, we, we perform, we do a lot of corporate events, we do we also get to perform all over the world. With um, we do different um, luxury cruise liners, so we will go out and we'll perform. We might be on a ship for a week, and we'll perform. Um, we do back-to-back -back shows on uh, a couple of nights um, in a pro fully professional theatre with an amazing band from um, performers from all over the world. You know, musicians from all over the world. So it's just an amazing experience. So. I always love doing those and I, I, I try to balance that with my work, with my other work because I might go during school holidays, I might book, um, a, you know, a gig where I'll go off and do those sorts of things um, and it revitalises you going out and performing um, and then I can come back with more creative ideas and more energy. So I feel like it goes hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. And I think as an artist it's very important that you keep that creative bucket brimming isn't it and so um that's the wonderful thing that you are able to to balance um to balance all of those things so speaking of um your uh career in education uh you've taught music and dramas drama at multiple schools tell us a little bit about your role now and um the amazing um initiatives that that um, you're working on? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I've taught music and drama in a few, quite a few schools, um, been a coordinator, performing arts coordinator, creative arts coordinator, and through all of those experiences, um, 
that has all led me to this to where I am now and 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 I'm in the most privileged position I think I could ever hope to be in um you know right I'm I'm um leading a really dynamic team of education officers who have different skills so for example there are some music education officers there's drama there's dance and visual arts and so um so they're all you know educators in their own right and we work together to sort of to plan and develop opportunities for um, the arts in Sydney Catholic schools. We also have a new program this year where we've got artists in residence. So we've employed artists in residence to be part of our team and to help us go out into schools and mentor students. Um, and just the industry knowledge that they, they come with um, and add to our, our team, it's just amazing. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, the the, my role is to facilitate um, and, and to create sort of the direction of, um, you know, what does the art, what do the arts look like for Sydney Catholic schools? And I, I work with um, um, many different people to come up with that plan. So we, we collaborate and we, we all have input and we decide, um, you know, this year our focus will be uh, musical theatre and, um, for example, this year we're putting on um, the musical School of Rock at um, Kudos Bank Arena. There'll be 4,000 performers there, um, drawing from all 150 schools in our system. So, we, you know, our system has about 35 secondary schools and the rest are all primary schools. We, we stretch out all the way out to um, the, the Sutherland Shire. We have schools in the North Shore, in the city, in the eastern suburbs, out to the southwest, out to Hoxton, West Hoxton, I think, is our furthest, or Austral, out that way. We also have the Inner West. We have the Ride area. So we have quite a huge demographic of students um, in different areas of Sydney. And so bringing them together to perform um, in one musical, um, you know, it's it's a huge undertaking this year, actually. And so this year, what we, what we then do is we backward map. So we say, okay, well, in October, we're performing this huge musical. So the workshops we provide this year will be musical theatre based. We will we will train students in how to perform um, for this genre, and we we um, we then might look at we look at um, other genres and different styles, and that also informs the artists in residence that we have working with us. So their experience um, will be they might be specialists in those areas. So yeah. Um, I guess that in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do. So we we, we plan um, in advance. We've got a huge plan um, for the next few years um, coming up and and it's just so exciting. I, I really I really do feel it's a privilege to have this because we just think, you know, when I was in school, what is it that I would have wanted? And so that's, you know, it really, nothing's off the table. So we always talk about everyone's ideas and we consider it and we think about ways we can incorporate um, different elements into what we offer. I think for the students having that essentially that performance outcome um, after doing workshops and all of the uh, the time with um, their their teachers and the people who are working professionally in the industry coming in and tutoring must be hugely beneficial to them because they can apply everything that they've learned and experience the joy of sharing what they do with an audience which is which is a really beautiful thing which is why so many people 
um, do what we do in the performing arts and even for the people who work backstage, that just knowing that you've made someone's day uh, that bit more special is, is a really great feeling. Um, I, I truly believe that, um, that having some kind of creative pursuit in your life, whether you're going to end up working in it or not, or if it's just something you do for enjoyment, is really important. And the benefits of having that as part of a curriculum is really essential. That's obviously something that um, Sydney Catholic Schools really aspires to is having those actual curriculum opportunities. Do you, see, do you see the benefits in other areas of study for students as well, not just directly to do with um, what they're learning in the performing arts, but how it affects, affects everything about what they're learning? Definitely. I think um, the skills you learn as a, as a performing artist, they translate to all the other areas um, of schooling. I mean, you look at, you know, collaboration, um, you look at the way, you know, just giving students confidence to be able to speak to other people or to be able to um, express themselves. I mean, you talk about, uh, like especially in music, but in all of the arts, actually, that the students receive um, very explicit feedback from teachers. So, you know, even just, you know, okay, let's let's just change the way you hold the violin. How do you put your fingers? And then, and the student learns how um, how to take feedback, apply feedback, and try again, and then take feedback and do the cycle. The cycle continues, and um, because we just do that intrinsically as musicians and as performers and performing artists and the way we you know, instruct students or work with students, that teaches the student to accept feedback and to apply it and to, um, to try and improve, constantly improve. And that can apply to their other subjects. And it can also give them a bit of confidence to say, oh, I didn't quite get that. Could you explain to me how that works? Or, um, yeah, so I think it definitely does apply across, across the board. Um, I mean, we, we just introduced um, the Amadeus program in Sydney Catholic Schools. So that program was launched last year um, and we are moving through networks of schools. We, um, our 150 schools fall into different networks. So we start, we're sort of um, embedding Amadeus through the schools over the next few years. So by 2024, every school will be an Amadeus school. And that is... Um, Essentially, there are three elements to it. So we have um, every child from year three to year eight will, will um, learn a, an orchestral musical instrument. That's every single child. Um, so uh, they have uh, half an hour a week with a, an experienced tutor who will come out to them and um, they have small group tuition. So they, they come out of, they come out and they, they have their, so maybe five students, like five violinists together with a violin tutor and they'll learn their repertoire and their tech, technical skills. And then they come together once a week for about an hour um, in an ensemble. So they have their ensemble rehearsal every single week. And then what we're all, what we've also done and what we are doing is um, providing a classroom music teacher for every school. I mean, we already had that for some schools and we already had that for our secondary schools, but um, uh, we, we're definitely committed to making sure every single person teaching music in the classroom is a trained music teacher who provides um, one curriculum. So, um, and the curriculum is very, um, it, it covers all genres of music, 
but definitely um, the classical genres and uh, the classical genre and um, and making sure students have a really broad experience of music. Um, and we're so excited about that program because we feel music should not be a privilege. It should be for everyone. And just as you, you mentioned earlier, you know, um, the benefits go across the other subjects too, because once again, you know, that metacognition, all of the, all of the things that students, um, you know, they learn how they learn best. They learn how to take the feedback. They learn how to collaborate with their peers. Um, all of the skills they learn through, through music can translate to everything else. Um, you know, and I mean, you, you only have to look at all the amazing work of Dr. Anita Collins. I mean, she's done all that um, rich neuromusical research and talking about, um, you know, the left and right side of the brain and the pathways being strengthened when you learn a musical instrument um, and the flow on to um, literacy and numeracy and all of that kind of stuff. So it's undeniable. And, and that's why Sydney Catholic Schools has made a huge investment in these in this program because we believe in the benefits on the whole child and all of their learning um, so I think that's probably like the most exciting thing that's happening yeah. and I think that access and that equity creating that environment of that is is so is so important and I think that it helps keep um keep kids learning doesn't it and keep like for example if they're learning an instrument you you want to see them do that all the way through and and enjoy it and if you uh, think imagine anything. imagine a child picking up um, a cello in year three and then by the time they get to year eight they've had all these years of mastering the instrument and whether or not they continue they might not continue past year eight they might say listen I've done it, but, you know, I want to do something else now. And that's okay. But, um, you know, imagine the flow on. I, I often say to the teachers in secondary school, um, you know, these kids you're going to get in the next few years, they're just going to be totally music, music literate by the time you get them um, when they come. Because, you know, um, the first day of Year 7 music is always interesting because they, the students all come from all different primary schools and you draw a treble clef on the board and you say, who knows what this is? And three <laughs> students will put their hand up and the rest will say, not sure, never seen one. Um, and so you've got, you've got different abilities or different experiences in front of you. And so imagine having, a, you know, all of those students come in and they've all been learning for so long. Um, we need to change the way we teach and we need to differentiate um, even more, I guess, but just really extend those students who are um, who are really advanced and really working well with their instruments as well. So, um, yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> so there's obviously a lot yet to be achieved with the Amadeus Music Program and, and you've got some really great goals that you're heading towards. Um, just reflecting on, on where you are with it now, if there's teachers listening today who are thinking, oh, my gosh, I would love to start something similar to that, whether it be in music or drama or dance, have there been any learnings that you've had already, like, to get that? It's such a huge undertaking. I wonder how did it start? How did you um, pull the tendrils and bring all of that together to even make the first step? Oh, wow. It's, well, it's a huge project and it takes a lot of people um, to work together to make it happen. So um, there's, a, there's a wonderful team working on it at the moment um, who, look, you've got to, uh, in our sense, and we've got 150 schools, 
it doesn't look exactly the same in every school because you've got your school community. You have to contextualise it to your school community. So I think, number one, you probably need to have a really good structure in mind and say, in an ideal situation, this is the way it will work. Um, and obviously what we had to do was take in a lot of input from people. So firstly, um, you know, get see what's happening already. Let, let's celebrate what's already going really well and how can we build on those things. Um, so you've got different buy-in, you know, and, and obviously the principals need to be supportive because this is something that's going to change their school and the way things work. Um, the parents need to have uh, lots of information. They need to know why. Like, why are we doing this? We're not just, we haven't just had a radical idea. We've, we're doing this for um, educational purposes and we talk about that. And the children need to know why as well. And, and, um, and we, try, we try to get the children excited about it and we try and give them a little bit of, um, a, little bit of a say in, you know, um, let, let's have a play around with some instruments and see which one you like the best. Or, um, yeah, but definitely having um, on this scale, I would say the challenges are just trying to make sure that they are, that it's contextualised for each school community and it works for them. We've got schools who've had, who had really established band programs and things like that. So you've got to work with what they've already, the, the traditions and the um, experiences that they already have and build around it and make sure that it's contextualised to them. Um, but I would say anyone wanting to start something in their school like that, yeah, I think you need the parent buy-in. I think the parents need to be really supportive of it um, and just knowing the why, knowing why you're doing I think that's really, because once people understand wow, you know, this, the benefits are undeniable, we should give this a go and we should try, try to embed this. Um, you know, it's like when you put on your first school musical and the drama teacher says, we should do a musical. And everybody goes, hmm, that, you know, um, <laughs> how much work will that be and what will be involved? And then once you've put it on for the first time, the whole community, the whole school gets involved and the whole community gets involved and gets excited and says, when's the next one? So I think taking a leap of faith and trying to get a few um, believers on board, you know, get, get all the people together who really believe in it um, and have the passion, I think that's going to help with anything, like whether you're putting on your first musical or whether you're doing a music program or a drama production or a dance, um, you know, putting on a dance festival or, you know, I think you just need the people who, are, who have the drive and who have the passion but also who can articulate the why and um, the benefits. It's um, it's just such an amazing achievement. And dare I say this word, during COVID, um, how did you do that? Like you, you, you and your team and all the people that you work with must be able to pivot. That's the new word, isn't it, for the last, last few years. Um, yeah. I'm sure people listening are curious to know how um, you achieved such like such tremendous things during this time of really it hasn't been much fun has it <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it isn't yes. it? it hasn't been much fun no um, I, I thought oh how can I can't say what I really think really um I can't use those words but it really has been quite disruptive hasn't it sure has um I I know that so um, Danielle Fuller and Jacinta Adamson, who who are leading Amadeus at the moment, I remember having conversations with them once once COVID hit and we went into lockdown. And the, I said to them, "What are the tutors going to do? Like, what are you doing?" And they said, "We went online 
so the students um, did zoom um, rehearsals at home with the and the tutor so not, things didn't really stop in that sense, but they couldn't do their ensembles, and just like everybody else, you know, they couldn't do ensembles and that kind of stuff. So, um, but they made it work for, for the limitations that happened. So um, they did a fabulous job, but um, we were, when we went in the last lockdown, we had just started um, uh, our first Archdiocesan musical. So we, we, we were going to put on Fame Junior, um, we put the word out to our schools and we got, uh, we got an amazing cast of about 40 super talented students from about 25 schools um, across the system. And we started our rehearsals at, at, the, um, at Burwood and we'd had, I think, two rehearsals face-to-face -face and then we went into lockdown for forever. So we ended up just, as you said, pivoting to Zoom rehearsals, which um, who would have thought, you know, Zoom would become mm. the centre of everyone's world. Yes. We had Zoom rehearsals and this, bless those students, they just turned up every Monday night on Zoom and they still committed, even though there was no end in sight as to how long this was going to go for. And um, we had a boot camp in January when we came back and they're wearing masks and they're trying to sing with masks and they're trying to, like, we, it was so challenging. But we just ended up making it a, um, we filmed it and we did, um, we released it on, on um, as a uh, filmed version and, and that's actually still going at the moment. And I think a lot of teachers had to change um, the way that they presented that because you can't stop the student, you can't stop learning, you can't stop performing um, and just, just trying to change the way you deliver the performance. Um, so yeah, we're just so lucky we, we were able to film it and we we have released it that way. And even we wanted to do um, the HSC showcase for our outstanding students from last year. So what we did was we we filmed each student and we produced um, you know a filmed version of it. And you know, okay, it's not as um exciting to do it that way because you don't get the buzz in the room, you don't get the standing ovations and the cheering from the audience. Um but our policy is we don't cancel. We don't want to cancel things. We just want to make, we want to make sure we can still offer our students as much as possible, but in whatever way we can. So, yeah, we, we didn't want things to stop. We wanted to continue. Um, we had our first Sydney Catholic Schools of Stedford last year. We fitted in. I have no idea how somebody was watching over us because I remember the very last event we had was the day after the first Bondi case of COVID um, <laughs> and we just got in and then the lockdown happened. I got back to work after all of that, after lockdown, and there were still some trophies sitting on my desk from like months before we, <laughs> we locked down. But, yeah, we had the, we managed to do, a, you know, a, an Estedford in the little bit of time that was, that everybody was allowed to sing and allowed to play and, um, I don't know how it, I don't know how we, we made it, but we uh, you wouldn't believe the joy on the students' faces coming together, watching each other perform, getting up on stage, the cheering, the just the happiness and the teachers and principals that came, they said, oh my goodness, we really needed this. Just our children needed a chance to get up and perform in person and um I couldn't believe, I just couldn't believe the um, the excitement and the energy in the room. Um, 
I, it was the best thing. I had. That was the highlight of my year, I think. Just um, we, we managed to do that and we can't wait to do it again. We're, do, we're, we're in the midst of planning now. It's, it's happening again um, May, June this year. So, you know, hundreds and hundreds of entries, thousands of students coming in and out of the doors um, at Burwood at the, at the, the, um, in the huge theatre that they've got there. That, um, and it just, you know, I, I feel like we're so lucky. I, you know, I got to see, um, I always say it's the best part of my job, watching the performances. Like you sit down and you watch it happen and you just go, wow, this is magic. Um, so, yeah, and I felt that the Estedford was a huge celebration of the work that each school was doing. So they managed to perform songs um, in spite of a disrupted preparation period and all of those things. And, you know, it was just incredible. Yeah, the rewards seem so much bigger when you're, you're kind of doing those things kind of in under adversity, basically. And I do, I do love how you mentioned um, how important it was for um, the kids and how they needed that. And I think that um, one thing that um, if, if there has been positives, and there has been positives out of COVID, but I think that sense of community and that, and that um, really uh, acknowledging the importance of coming together is so important. And I think, you know, that's, they, these are other wonderful life lessons that um, students and, and teachers and mentors are all experiencing together. So I think that's, that's really beautiful. You mentioned the um, amazing Performing Arts um, Centre at Burwood. That opened in 2021, is that correct? Yeah, so the school, um, the school has been there uh, for about 10 years um, and the facilities were already built um, within the school. And what we did um, leading up to, so 2021 was our first full-time performing arts stream um, cohort that ever went through the school. So um, we, you know, Sydney Catholic Schools decided it was time to have a dedicated um, performing arts college that's um, Catholic. And um, so we, we, we were so excited to, to launch that in 2021. And, um, you know, of course, we all know COVID kind of hit and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, it still, um, what I love about the full-time cohort is, you know, the students do masterclasses with industry professionals. They have the facilities. They have the amazing teachers. Um, so we, we managed to do that. And, and, and leading up to that, we had, um, we'd had uh, what we called the Viva program. So for about since 2017, I think it was, that was the first cohort. It was kind of where you could come into the school as a part-time student. Um, if your school couldn't run HSC, dance, drama, music one or music two, we, we put it out to all of our high schools in the archdiocese to say, if you can't run it and you've got a couple of students who are really keen, um, send them to us and we will meet with them once a week and we will do, deliver the course. And they had, it was um, online modules and face-to-face um, and -face block lessons. So the school had had already um, started to establish that performing arts reputation and um, providing, you know, expert teachers and um, facilities. And so we felt it was time to actually go full-time and, and to have that happen. And, yeah, so we launched that last year. Um, and it's building again this year, you know, the cohorts started to grow and, um, and yeah, the students are just loving it. And we've had students like slowly coming in because they've heard about the school and gone, oh, that's my passion. 
Um, we had a, I, I distinctly remember a, a lovely girl um, on day one who, who came into the school um, studying something else and she said, oh, I, I really just want to do music as well. So she jumped, she, she came just for that music class and then she loved it so much that she, she applied to become a full-time performing arts student and, you know, she did the musicals and she, did, she does drama and she does all the other and she's just, it's like she, she just found her passion and so that's what we do it for. We want those students who have that performing arts passion to find their tribe and to be together with, with each other and, um, and just to give, those, give the students an opportunity to have the industry um, connections. And what's good about that particular school as well is that um, the students come out of um, the school with an HSC and a certificate three in um either musical theatre, so community dance theatre and events, or they um, there's also entertainment industry, there's also music industry, um, photographic and digital um, photographic uh, and uh, digital imaging course. There's also, um, we're starting up assistant dance teaching. So what we, the aim of it is that the student gets um, a, an HSC with a, with a full performing arts pathway, but also gets a certificate, a VET certificate, as well so that they come out with extra qualifications um, and specific training in musical theatre or you know or one of the other areas and the students love it because that you know it's um they spend they do like uh, I think it's a, a block of two and a half to three hours each week on that vet course and you know it's the highlight you know they, they absolutely love doing it um and they get the industry experience too so yeah it really is it's quite unique and it's um yeah, just watching those students grow has been incredible. I think the value of that industry experience in um, primary and secondary school is so valuable too because often you don't get an opportunity, I suppose, to interact at that level until perhaps at tertiary study. So I see these amazing students being so prepared for for their next step in their journey, whether they, they go on to be a performer or, or um, behind the scenes or even go on to other occupations altogether. It's such a great preparation, I think, for um, their young adult life and beyond. I think it's really, really special. And again, I think those long-term friendships that they form are, are integral to, to everything. So I think it's a it's a really amazing model and, and just a great opportunity. And I really hope that this opportunity extends and, and, the, and the value in the program is um, really uh, spoken about education across the whole in private schools, in, in state schools across the board. So I suppose looking back on your, your immense career that you've had to date and all of the other great things that are yet to come, what um, do you think or who are the people that have been the greatest influence on your performing arts journey? Like you've spoken about teachers in particular. Um, have there been other people from other walks of life that have influenced you greatly? Um, well, as I mentioned, the teachers, I think, were probably the biggest influence. Um, I also, uh, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of my sister, who's an opera singer, and I think she's influenced me as well because I watch her and I think she's taken the artist's journey, the full-time artist's journey, and um, and I admire her for that. And I also, 
um, you know, my involvement in Fusion Vocal Group when it all started many years ago in a previous iteration, you know, she's the one who sort of got me in in the first place with that. She's kind of like, oh, guess what? They need a they need an alto. I think you should audition. And, you know, so I got in and, and it was so exciting. And I I kind of had a revitalized, a revitalized passion for my singing because I'd been focusing on my teaching so much up until that point that that gave me a new energy. And so I feel like, so I would definitely say she's one of them because um, she helped me sort of reignite that passion um, all those years ago and it's still going and we're, we're still working together and doing different things. So I think, yeah, definitely. Um, and I and I think, um, I think even some, some, some principals that I've worked with in the past who I have absolutely been in awe of, um, Sister Fidelis McTeague, who was my principal for a long time over at... Um, Mara Sisters Woolwich, because um, she believed in uh, the whole person, educating the whole student and really valued the arts. And what I loved about her was she always said, oh, why not? You know, if I'd come to her and I'd say, what about this or what about that? And she'd say, why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's try it, you know. Or she'd come up to me and say, the PNC want to donate some violins. What do you think you could do with the violins? Like that, you know, just things like that. And, and I'd say, oh, wow, okay, what can we do? All right, well, let's create a program. Let's, you know, and so things just grew from, from um, you know, so people like her, I think, have been very influential because um, it's, it's kind of shown me, um, you know, the different ways, the different types of leadership and, um, and how they can support what's going on in the arts. And yeah, and it's, definitely pivotal you know it's 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 really important to have strong leadership um who support you so you know and I, that's what I'm really lucky to have at the moment all of my all the leadership in Sydney Catholic schools have been so supportive and um you know a bit like Sister Vidalis you know why not oh yes you'd like to do this let's do it let's support it and um so yeah so that I think I think definitely those people yeah, always looking ahead, always thinking outside the box. They're all really important things to kind of promote creativity and, and see programs grow. So what's your what's your big dream for performing arts education? If you if you could kind of wrap it all up in 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 it sounds like you're living quite a dream actually and you're loving what you're doing, but what's what's the future hold? Like what is your big dream? As you mentioned, I feel like I'm living the dream now, but um, I think my big dream would be that you're not just preaching to the converted, um, that you're actually, my big dream would be for whole the whole of society, the community, parents, students, everybody um, within a school community believes in the value of the arts and, and arts education and values it as much as literacy and numeracy and um, everything else, because it actually is as important as those things. Um, so I think my dream is that, you know, that everybody would understand why the arts is important to every child. And you don't have to be the best musician or the best performer or artist to have the benefits of the arts in, in your education in, and in, in the development of every child. So, yeah, I think my, my biggest dream is that, you know, every, everyone in society would understand the value. And so we're not just um, 
uh, we're not just appealing to those who already love it. I think it'd be great to appeal to everyone. And um, and in and as as I said in this role, what I, I love is that what we're gonna we're trying to provide opportunities for student for every student, not just those who already have the passion or already have the drive. So we feel like every child can benefit from from an arts education. And yeah, so my dream would be have everyone having the buy-in. I think that would be like utop- the utopia, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think um, I really look forward to the day where there's more data and more studies on things like how um, the creative pursuits, how the arts affects things like health and well-being in communities. I think there's no denying that um, it's there, but yeah, it's a really interesting um, space to investigate and look at in the future as well. Well, I mean, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. I mean, I've been speaking with um, some principals just in passing who've had specific programs running in their schools. And they say, for example, uh, one principal said, um, we always had music on a Friday or whatever it was. And um, it was a new program, uh, a specific program on music. And the principal said, I noticed that attendance went up um, on Fridays. And, and, you know, just looking at that. Now, that's kind of anecdotal an observation that the principal had made and I had seen that happen like I've seen um in other uh, even on in the media you see that some people have been interviewed about things like that so there's you know it would be wonderful to have a formal study on things like that but um it's definitely out there I think the data is out there we just have to target target something specific on that um but I there is no doubt that it does affect well-being and and um you know the overall experience of a child yeah, and I think it's just so important that, yeah, we support each other as much as we can. And I think um, for children, like, you know, it can be very stressful at school and things like that. So I think anything that gives them an outlet to, to um, you know, feel comfortable and relaxed is a really important thing. And I think then it benefits all the other areas of study as well, like we've said. So Eva, what is the best advice you have ever been given, do you think? Oh, wow. Um, I think the best advice, um, and I'm going to be honest, I, I, I know this is probably a common term and, I, you know, nobody I know invented it, but I was, I was told um, build it and they will come. And um, I feel like that's kind of become my mantra because, I, you know, I, if you can dream it, I think students can um will come to it and will enjoy being involved so it could be that you know um, build a beautiful facility and more students will come and be involved in something you're doing there but it could be build a program and the students will will show up they will want to be involved they'll want to enroll in that class or in that um, ensemble or they might want to be in the musical like provide the opportunity and you'd be surprised how many will put their hand up and maybe not the students you thought so you might put the opportunity out and you'll you'll meet students you haven't met before because um, they might say oh I secretly always wanted to do this and so um, that's been the one motto that um, has stuck with me over probably most of my teaching career actually. Yeah I think it's important isn't it it's the baby steps too it's kind of don't look too far 
it's important to have the goals, but it's about the here and now as well, isn't it? That's quite important. Yes. And take it, yeah, in small chunks. You know, you might run one little thing and then see what happens. Then you'll get the, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll build a little community and then you can offer something else and something else. And um, one teacher can make a difference. It's not, you don't need a huge team of people. You could start one thing and then build off it. Eva, it's been so great um, chatting to you today and hearing your insights. It's obviously a very big uh, 2021 for you, 2022. And what is, what's looking ahead for 23 and 24, building on the existing programs? Definitely building on the existing programs and, um, and working towards um, other types of um, performances. So obviously we'll continue the Estedford. It'll be this year's the second year. We'll have another one next year. And um, what we like to do is, you know, look back on what we've done and say, how can we make this better? Can we refine this? You know, we don't want to do too many new things um, all at once, but what we want to do is um, refine what we have and then look to other opportunities. So, for example, um, we will be looking at network performances, so groups of schools. So maybe not, so this year we're doing the massive one with the 4,000 performers, but maybe next year we'll, we'll do smaller performances. Um, and, and students um, benefit differently from different types of um, experiences. So, yes, yeah, so looking forward to changing it up a little bit next year and building on what we have. So That's amazing. Well, I look forward to, like, speaking to you in 2026 when it's not 4,000 but it's, like, 80. (laughs) And and I'm sure you'll all be uh, just doing amazing things. And I'm um, so grateful to have spoken to you today and and, uh, had your insight. And um, they are some very lucky students and to have... um, have you and uh, all the industry professionals and your amazing teachers and leadership team. I think it's um, it's a great program and I really hope that um, it continues to grow and that uh, we can all learn from it and hopefully apply some of your amazing discoveries in our own settings as well. Well, thank you so much for having me today. It's been so wonderful to talk to you and um yeah, I, I look forward to speaking to you again. Hopefully there'll be even more things to discuss. <laughs> and no more COVID. That would be and great. No too. More. Oh, that word's banned. That word's um, we're, banned. We're, not, we're not using it anymore. <laughs> Thanks again, Eva. It was great talking to you. Thank you.